Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, internets. Interrupting Dave. Alter. And Tori. Hello, internet. And we start every week with good thing. Craig. Hey, guys. Guess what game I've been playing? Rogue Legacy 2. No. That is oh, good. I know what game you've been playing. I've actually been watching your stream. <laughs> I was going to say, you've attended my streams. I've been <laughs> yeah. playing I've Final been... Fantasy Spelunky. Number V. Threeve. I like five. I think that's definitely one of my favorite Final Fantasies. Um, Same. It's really good, guys, because it has a job system. You have to understand, guys, I didn't know about job systems and games until I played Final Fantasy 3, Japanese 3, because uh, I used the Japanese numbering. Um, I didn't know it was a thing. And then I played Final Fantasy 3, and I'm like, man, it's so cool. You just switch jobs and you can do whatever you want. And I beat that game. It's the only Final Fantasy I have beaten so far. Um, and then I found out about five and it's like, it's the job system, but you get abilities that you can equip while your other jobs. And it's like, whoa, that's so cool. So Final Fantasy five is the job system perfected. Craig. Yeah, I like uh, four, five and six are all my favorites in different regards. I like the the story and character growth in four. I like the mechanics in five and I like. The, the good array of characters in six man what were you gonna say mike final fantasy tactics is like everything you just described but way better already yeah but the problem is it's a tactics game i don't that, like that is I don't not like a fire problem my streamed. friend yeah i don't like fire emblem or tactics or i'm not i'm just not a fan of that style i have thought about trying final fantasy tactics though i'll be, i'll i'll admit of all of the style of game, I have considered doing tactics just because I've heard so many good things. See, one of the things I like about the Final Fantasy, the older games, is the very strong plot. And, like, I, I would say 6 is probably the best plot. Um, the tactics plot is really, it's really dark and depressing. And, like, you know, everybody's dying and everybody, it's a drama and we're sad and... Um, Five, it's got some sad parts, but the the graphics and the music are just so bright on five. Like I, I love the graphics and the music on five, just the the color schemes and the landscapes. And um, so even though there are dark bits, uh, I, I feel like the other stuff overcomes that. So it, it, I always remember it as just being this colorful game. Six has the best cool. villain. Does everyone ever? Except when they say Sephiroth. I mean, they both had very similar goals. They they were coming from different motivations, but the end goal to like you know absorb all the power in the world and become God was it was kind of the same. Well, well, Kefka is insane, and Sephiroth is broody, Brody, but yeah. also a little bit insane. Like, <laughs> tell me about Kefka's posse. Like Kefka, uh, and it's the evil, evil clown trope. Like he's, um, he's insane, but he's happy about it. He's like, "Woo, we're gonna take over the world." Whereas Sephiroth is like, "I am so angry, I'm gonna take over the world. Like I'm just mad at the world, so I'm, I'm gonna take it over." Anyway, Final Fantasy V, good. I got the Steam 
um, re-release pixel remaster, whatever the heck they call it. Um, it's it's good. Like I didn't get the last one because they they went with all these weird like mobile type graphics, and I was just super upset about it uh, because I really like five and I just wanted to play it. Um, but this one it it has more of the the old style sprites and well no no I think they have the updated sprites, but it still looks closer to the Super Nintendo version with fancy graphics versus just like a mobile type game. So cool. Only thing I wish I kept in from later versions was the character portraits. Like, the GBA has awesome character portraits. That's the thing. I don't like the character portraits. Oh. It's, it uses the classic art, which is fine, and I ha- I can appreciate it, but it doesn't really fit. No, the GBA one had original character portraits. It didn't use oh, the, the GBA. Like, I'm, I'm talking yeah, about the, the Steam release they did. So my anyway, good thing good this game. week... My good thing this week is Borderlands 2, which I've been replaying, <sighs> and it's a blast. In in many cases, literally, lots of things explode in that game. But yeah, a lot of fun. It's a, it's a looter shooter, so think Diablo, but with guns. And the villain is incredibly well written and voice acted in like a really fun way. And yeah, good game. If you haven't played it, I don't know what rock you've been under. It's like... It's been around for quite a while, and yeah, good game. Shoot stuff. Get get better guns to shoot more stuff to get better guns. Repeat. That's that's it. That's all I had. I cool. Neat. And I and I jumped that's in front fine. of Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. I did I did it again. I'm mm, sorry. That's fine. You're you're the you guy. Were, you were just you were so excited about your good thing. Yeah, I guess it's actually that <laughs> I'm not awake yet because we need to <laughs> record a little bit early. <laughs> sorry. Please go ahead, Dave. Uh, my good thing this week is the, in general, music from the original Game Boy and how incredible of a job composers did with some of the most limited software for music. Probably, maybe not as limited as like C64 and Amiga, but like it was a step down from NES and yet they still made full, completely rounded sounding orchestrations on a lot of examples like um, Pokemon Red and Blue is really good. Uh, Link's Awakening, of course. Um, some lesser known ones like Castlevania II Belmont's Revenge has a really good soundtrack. And they put a lot of like a number of classical pieces in that. And the one I was listening to today, a game called Saga 3, which we got in the West as Final, Final Fantasy Legend 3. Uh, just like... It's just so impressive how much they did with so little. I guess uh, Tetris is really good, too. But I remember being in long car rides when I was a a kid, and I had a Game Boy, and sometimes when I got tired of playing the game, I would just leave the game on and listen to the music on my headphones during the car ride. I remember having a Game Boy as a kid and trying to play it on, like, car rides at night, and (laughs) wow, that was Uh, tough. That was... That was one of the that's when you can listen to the music. It's funny. I remember buying like I think they called it a light boy or something. It was like a magnifying glass with a light that they bought as an attachment for the Game Boy. I had one of those. Yeah, me too. It didn't do squat. It did a little bit. It was slightly better. Yeah, because they weren't backlit, so you couldn't play them in the dark. Yep. Yep. There was a good AVGN episode about all those Game Boy peripherals. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. 
it that system was out for so long too but it was also incredibly successful because they really had even when like the game gear came out like there was no real competition so they they were able to just float on by but the gba honestly i think of all the nintendo handhelds i think i have the fondest memories of the gba it's just a solid system. So the first time I ever went to New York City and I went to the Nintendo store there, it was uh, 2005. So it was like the height of GBA times. And uh, they they just had a display with all of these custom GBAs with all of the, you know, the fancy decals and uh, colors and it, they, just a whole case of them. And uh, that's one of the things I remember about that trip. I think I think we're ready for Tori's good thing. Oh, I do have a good thing. Y'all, there are new race courses on Mario Kart 8. It's a it's a DLC. Um you can either pay $25 for the season pass or whatever like you'll get the you'll get the courses as they come out uh or you can subscribe to the what's it the Nintendo online expansion pack thing, I think. Um so there's only two new um, cups out so far, but they're going to release them in, I think, sets of two um, over the next, I don't know how long, uh, year or so. And um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I, I have played a lot of Mario Kart 8 and have basically memorized all of the courses available to me. So having new ones just because the game is still fun, even after you've memorized all the courses, but having new ones and uh, they're not new, new. They're like re um, mastered versions of old, like, you know, older Mario Kart uh races like uh from game boy advance and and um just old versions of mario kart and um yeah that's that's my good thing i'm excited about it and it's they're planning to release enough courses that like they're going to be doubling the content of the game um so i i thought it was well worth the 25 dollars um and i also happen to have that on my nintendo eShop wallet so it it was an easy yes for me uh so yeah go do that if you like mario kart well if you have a if you do not have the dlc can you play online with a friend who has the dlc or and play the dlc on if they host or does everybody need to have the dlc to join that's a question i don't have the answer to on account of i just discovered it yesterday and have only uh played it solo so far I need to get the the I need do need to play it again and get some of these new tracks. As somebody who doesn't really love Mario Kart, likes it okay. Uh, should I buy Mario Kart Eight? Uh, so I think it's a good game and it's fun, uh, particularly if you've got company over. Um, my little brother visited me recently, and it happened to be on our late brother's birthday. And we have a an annual tradition where every year on John's birthday, we play video games because that's something that John would have done. <laughs> and um, so it was great having my little brother over here with me and the two of us playing Mario Kart until well after midnight. And um, so, yes, it's a fun it's a fun group game. Uh, it's I, I enjoy it just as a solo game. And I think that the courses on Mario Kart 8 are very they're very creative they're um they're very fun I'm always seeing new details in in the courses that um you miss a lot of it when you're just paying attention to race
racing as fast as you can. Um, but after you've played them several times, you'll start seeing all of these like new shortcuts or details or, you know, things going on in the background, like characters cheering you on and uh, the signage on like billboards and things. It's, it's, it's very cute. I enjoy it a lot. Neat. So Dave, mm-hmm. you want to do some chapters? Yeah. Yeah, okay. let's do some chapters. Yeah, um, I'm really glad that we skipped the last week because I had no time to read this week. So we'll be doing chapters 45 through 50 of Mike's not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, betrayed by my webcam. Uh, we're actually going to be doing chapters 51 through 57 of Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson, concluding part two. Any questions? Yeah, uh, I got some questions about the epilogues. Or epigraphs, not epilogues. You're not <laughs> there yet. Epigraphs. Yeah, there's an epilogue already. But oh, man. that'll that'll come after. So there's a epilogue and a postlogue and an afterword. Like there's it's going to be a lot and an Arthur Canum possibly. And an author. Chapter note. fifty-one is titled "Full Circle," and the notes ensue thusly: Lumberyard. What's so funny, Moash? Next scene. Ishna is okay by the ghost bloods. Shalan invents lightweaver batteries. Shalan wants to bring a team of spies to Kolinar. Does this mean Kaladin and Gaz will finally be reunited? And that's the end of this week's first chapter. Uh, yeah. So let's start off with Moash. And, you know, he's collecting sticks to make ladders so that uh, <laughs> he can basically be on a bridge crew. But uh, they make vertical bridges instead. Or this later. That's later. Now he's just at a lumberyard and he just starts laughing. I don't know. Why no, is he well, laughing? He does it at the end. He does it at the end of the section where he realizes the irony of him being the front running a ladder towards the while being shot at an archers. It's like it's like the same thing only on the other side. What's the next? Cause I had a bullet point about that that I don't want to spoil. Okay, that's what Coppermind said is when he laughed at, at the irony. Maybe they're wrong. All right. And then we also have Shalon reading a letter from the Ghostbloods. And they're like, yeah, we checked out that spy training lady that you're friends with. And she's cool. But, uh, you know, if you want to kill her, then we'll, we'll cover your tracks for you. Better uh, better call Saul. How, how nice of them. Uh, and then Shalon invents Lightweaver batteries. So she's realizes that she can leave an infused sphere with one of her illusions and and leave for the day and come back. And as long as there's still enough stormlight in the batteries, then, you know, the illusion stands even without her being present. So basically, she's like me and she's looking for a way to AFK farm getting the maps up at the meetings. Like she wants to set it up. It's like it's like how, you know, you build a you build a like villages up in the air with to spawn iron golems and so that you can farm iron ingots without, you know, having to actually be there. Or like or like I did, I made a cobblestone farm where you have like running lava intersecting with water. And then what I would do is I would just like have my mash button like held down and just like go away for a couple hours and I'd come back and I'd have like twenty stacks of cobblestone. Uh I don't but understand is, why Shalon wants to avoid these incredibly important meetings. It's because she wants to go drink, like okay, all teenage girls. That, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> but, like, if she weren't a Radiant, like, if she weren't openly known as a Radiant, like, there is no way that she would be invited to this to these meetings. 
Like they're they're so far above her her like station, I guess. Standing. Yeah. Yeah. That like yeah, she should be like absolutely thrilled to be important enough to be at these meetings. But no, no. she's she's over it by now. The bloom has faded off the rose. I mean, and then the thorns are still there. If she were the black thorn, if you will. If she were uh. really invested in this, she'd actually contribute to the meetings, but she doesn't. She does contribute. She makes drawings of the meeting of Kaladin. Oh, Dreamy. I'm sorry, Dreamy Kaladin. I forgot we changed his name. <laughs> yep, it's officially changed. So Shalon wants to bring a team of spies to Kolinar, I guess. She, she's basically just trying to figure out what she wants to be when she grows up. And she's like, oh, maybe maybe I'll like being a spy. And she wants to bring a team of spies. And her like team of spies are Vata and Gaz and those guys. And I'm like, really? You want to bring them? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, yep. it's the it's the recruits from Mulan. That's her team. <laughs> Dude, that's the cast choice right there. That's them. All right. I seriously picture them as Mulan's friends in the army, like, perfectly. Yeah, and there's the guy with one eye. I can't wait till Gaz becomes a squire and grows the, his eyeball back. The short, bigger guy, I picture him as Gaz. We did have a drawing of Gaz in one of the things last book, right? And he was kind of stocky. Yeah. All right. Uh, there you have it. Chapter 51. All right. Time for chapter 53. All right. Uh, oh, but before that, um, if you if you don't mind me interrupting, uh, I would also like to chat about Talkter 52. <laughs> Just fell <laughs> apart in mid-sentence. Oh, man. I was sentenced to stumble in... After his father is chapter 52. Oh, my God. Do it. Stephen do Bay. it. Dalinar, Dalinar is his Dalinarness, Dalinarly. Apparently, I wrote a little note that I was sleepy when I wrote <laughs> that one. Uh, Dalinar needs a drink of armor oil because Eva is here and Renarin has a weird name. And Will Icky Adwin. And as far as I can tell, the whole point of this chapter was just to see Adolin as a kid. I don't, oh. I don't do not see any other function of this chapter. And it's the see how Dalinar is treating fatherhood, um, the way he sort of pushed Evie and his children aside so he can go campaign and feel yeah. the thrill. There's a lot happening, like, under the hood. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he has a point about not bringing the children to the battlefield, but uh, Evie is not, you know, Evie not being present is uncommon because most of the Alethi wives are there. But she's, like, kind of a foreign heathen, so he's kind of uses that as an excuse to try to stay away from her. But right. uh, she's just pretty cute. He should want to be, he should want to spend time with her. She's not from Cell, Dave. It's like Levi without the L, though. Tori, you're our pronunciation guru. The audiobook has it Evie. Oh, I'm still wrong. Um, what did you say? Evie? I say, I say Evie. Evie like the Pokemon? Yeah, That's good. Like Pokemon. I like that. Uh, I, I say I say Evie like the character from the 1999 Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy. Rachel Weiss's character. Ivy. Nobody, you guys haven't seen but the 1999 Brendan Fraser Evelyn, film. So why isn't it Evie? I saw it super long ago. Oh, side note: my aunt's name is Evelyn, but she goes by Dee Dee. That makes no sense. It makes <laughs> sense if you realize it's because my Dee. mom couldn't say Evelyn when she is a baby. She could say Dee and Dee Dee, so she would yeah. just call her. I Dee. mean, I have an uncle Foof for similar reason. 
All right, well, Craig, you got to tell your aunt that none of us approve of her name, so she needs to change it. I'll tell her. I disagree. Evelyn's a nice name. We, we Evelyn is a nice name. Yeah, that wasn't the part we disagreed with. Dee Dee is the mom from Muppet, not Muppet, other regular babies, Rugrats. They weren't Muppets. They were regular babies. That, that's the name of that show in uh, Germany. Regular, regular babies. Dee <laughs> Dee was also baby. the sister on Dexter's Lab. Oh, true. Uh, be, baby is German for baby. Hello and welcome to the Dave Teaches Us German podcast. <laughs> Dave would like that. Ich bin dein Deutschlehrer, David. All right. Uh, so Adwin's here and he wants to win his own shop blade. And he's pretty, he's pretty adorable. I mean, we've seen. I hope he him never win. grows out of being cute. We've seen him win a bunch of shard blades at this point. <laughs> That's true. Well, did he win his first shard blade? Is the question. Yeah, like he wanted to. I would guess. Mm, what a spoiler! Right. I guess it? I don't have to read the next flashback. I don't actually, I don't actually know how he got his first <laughs> shard blade. To be honest, but I think I'm going to look can, it up right now. I think we can infer that it was via dueling. Yeah. I would place good money on him winning it as a duel. It's possible they even mentioned it in Way of Kings, and I forget. You forgaz. <laughs> Anything else there, Chapter 52? Nope. Onward to Chapter 56. Chapter 53. Mike's trying so hard. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to ignore him, but you're not making it easy, Craig. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> chapter 53. Such a twisted cut. Who is friend? Mike, you want to talk about epigraphs? Who is friend? Uh, I would like to talk about that after chapter 57. Uh, oil eyes. Renarin can't float between worlds unless he's a world floater. Conference call. <laughs> Yoki is an old fat dude. Ethid is a witch or something. I don't know. How many names does Nalan Naku, the darkness judge herald, have anyway? True that. Uh, he's okay. got like he's got like five or six per country. So yeah, per country. So so the number that I put in this single bullet point would be enough for one country. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like the the heralds, they're not quite saints equivalent to uh, like Catholicism. They're not quite saints. They're but they're not quite oh, gods. Catholicism saints are dead. Well, yeah, these guys are okay. alive. But I'm, I'm talking about like the way that they're revered. It's sort of like it's like a step above a saint, and it just means that every country so equivalent angels. would have a, a their name for the heralds. They have their own traditions, their own names that have developed over time. Okay, so it's like you might say Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus or Kris Kringle. Yes, but they're exactly. all the same guy. The heralds are Santa Claus. Perfect. Okay. There you have it. That's that's <laughs> what we. That's what, nearly two hundred episodes, and we finally reached the ultimate conclusion of the Cosmere deep dive. The heralds are die, Santa Claus. They go back to the North Pole to make toys. <laughs> Except it's it's the weird. What is it? Um, what's the weird evil version of of Santa Claus? The Krampus. Yeah, it's that. Is this an There's office an reference? There's an SCP about that, and it's freaking disturbed. I, I was thinking of the evil toys from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Dave, are you pulling up the SCP on, on Christmas? Santa Tanas. <laughs> SCP-4860, Concrete Building. No, that's not it. I'll, I'll, I'll link it to you. All right. Um, Krampus. 
Krampus. So uh, basically, the recreants was just all the elves getting tired of making toys for everyone, and they're like, "You want toys? Here, have all the toys." Uh, take by your silence that I am correct. Thank you for not spoiling by confirming my theory. You're welcome. Uh, I, I actually missed what your theory was. Uh, the recreants is all the elves going on strike. Oh yeah, you're like, spot You on. guys want toys? Here, have all the toys. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, okay. All right, so Naku Naku, uh, Anagram is here. Did Amaram really need to say bridge the chasm between our houses? I mean, come on, this guy. Uh, dude, seriously, shut this dude up. Yasna is Shalon's hero, and Renarin finds the SD cards. Go ahead, Craig, take it away. I'll let you have this one. Wow. Okay, uh, I'm skipping the epigraphs because we're going to discuss that later. Um, I'm actually curious. I, I don't know if Mike is going to do this, but I want to hear your guesses on this one. Um, but later. Uh, for this chapter, we have a Yasna perspective. And she's setting up a conference call between a couple of her scholarly friends. Um, they're in like a, a library setting. Although I think she has a private room, right, to have this conference. But well, you, um, you, you skipped the part where she goes over the plot summary of like, a George R. R. Martin chapter. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, oil eyes. It's something about Yakovet. Oh, like there's yep. an ancient king that kills a bunch of assassins or something. So this king, right? He rose to power, and then somebody in his family tried to assassinate him, and so he had that guy killed. And then somebody else tried to assassinate him. It was also a relative, so he had that person. I think it was a lady this time. Had that lady killed, and then it happened again. And he actually lost an eyeball in that fight. He was upset about it. So he invited the whole family to dinner, right? And uh, said it was, you know, like a celebration or whatever, family to get togetherness, blah, blah, blah. Except he poisoned him. Ha, ha, ha. And no, then, it's the Red Wedding. Yeah. It's the Red and, Wedding. And then, and then he decided oh, yeah, to cook and eat them. To cook and eat them. And um, nope. nope. No cannibalism in this one. And then he... Are you sure? Because then yeah. he choked to death at that feast all by well, himself, we... and there was no one there to help him. He burned we... them. He he poisoned them and then burned them, but then ate separate food that had already been prepared. And we have a side of cannibalism, maybe. Just, if, just Martin, a side dish. if Martin had actually written it, then there would have been cannibalism, and it would have been like 30 pages long, and it would have really reveled in those details. It's it's funny that you point out that this is a George R. R. Martin summary, and then now that Tori summed it up, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. But but he choked on his food because nobody was there to pat his back, like yeah. uh, like the Fifth Element. He killed the Heimlich. Oh, just like in a Bug's Life. That is like the Fifth. <laughs> well, except the priest monk dude helped them, but that's funny. I get that joke. And the entire empire comes crashing down, all because of one little cherry. All right, so moving on. She has a conference call. Now, Dave, you have seen Yaki before. He he was in an interlude chapter. See the 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 monk that eats cakes and with the girl monk and they do math and eat cakes and stay up all night? Yes. I would actually that that inter interlude did come to mind as I was reading the description of Yaki. But uh well, I, I don't know. I was like, is this guy is not? I don't know, who cares? But <laughs> it reminds me of that guy. He's a potato pasta. He's a Naki. He's a Lalafell. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, she has a conference call to sort of catch up with them. You know, it's it's been, what is it, six months, a year, however long she was dead for. Yeah, so they have this really convoluted system to have three people on span read at a time. 
Yeah, they have like 12 different span reads going at once because it so they're they're making an a fax machine conference room, uh chat room, sorry. A, a fax machine intermediaries that have to write the entire conversation to the others. Right, and it's supposed to be essentially as real time as they can get cuz as soon as someone talks, they just write it and then people are responding. It is a conference call slash chat room, but if it's... If hadn't coddled them, they would have invented the internet by now. Yeah, it's she's essentially... got, like... No, she's got, like, two podiums per person she's talking to, like, one for the actual yep. conversation and then one for the commentary, and then let's not forget that all the intermediaries have also got extra podiums for their commentary. Like, the, it, it's not mentioned in the story, but you know it happened. So anyway, there's a lot of resources dedicated to this conference call so they can make just stuff like that. And they're talking about what, like the I think there was talk about the Dawn chant because they had a breakthrough on it because of, well, Dalinar's vision. Um, And what else were they talking about? No, they weren't talking about the Dawn chant. They were talking about the Herald Nalan. No, they mentioned a Dawn chant that that uh, there was a mention. It's I, I in there the note. Yeah. And yes, they're talking about Nail, because um, he has a bunch of different names. You mean, you mean Nail and Naku, the Darkness Judge Herald? Yes. And there's there's a quick recap of Lyft's interlude from the last book. From Edge Dancer? No, there's also a recap of Edge Dancer, but there's, in addition, there's a recap of Lyft's interlude. Yeah. That's a little, well... Uh, Gox shows up with Dalinar later, and that's brushed on in a future chapter as well. Anyway, in the library, Amaram shows up because he's a jerk, and he just oh, shows up. what did my notes say? Craig? Your anagram is here. Yeah, anagram. <laughs> anagram. No, he's not supposed to be an anagram. Wait. Meridius anagram. Anyway. Is it an anagram for ra- ma- Mamra? The ever-living. So he's supposedly trying to patch up tensions between the uh, the Sadius family and, and uh, soldiers. And, you know, he's the, here to hit on Yasna. He's here to preposition Yasna. And, of course, she don't fly for that. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't understand this. He calls her a whore. Like, Yasna is the opposite. Of that, why is he called? Like, he's an idiot. You spurn my advances, you harlot. He is an idiot. Anyway, well, in, the, in the same way that uh, you know, a- after Shalon is like, "Oh my gosh, brightness, that was awesome," and Yasna's like, <laughs> "Really?" Because, well, because the first thing I did was insult his female relatives. So Amram's yeah. kind of doing the same thing. It's like he he would like to articulately uh, insult Yasna in some way, but. He just has to fall back on ye old standby when he's got nothing else clever to say. So, I don't know, guys. He he might be getting up there in terms of, of Zach hatred. Is it? Zane, you mean, not Zach. You mean Zane? Zane. Zach. Zane Morris. Zach is a cool guy. I apologize for yeah, the he's listeners not, for He's Zach. probably even more of a jerk. I, I still can't believe... Why did he have to say bridge the chasm between our houses? Like, the, <laughs> the connection that he has with putting Kaladin in, in the bridge cruise and like the fact that he says it like that it's just uh it's so I, think, I mean it's totally think, an idiom on Roshar you know it is I don't think Amaram realizes like I don't think he he he, he has met Kaladin he has seen Kaladin but he hasn't fully connected the dots it's just a problem 
Not even when, not even after the the big famous duel, y'all's favorite scene when Kaladin yes. says, "Amaram, I challenge you because you got me sent to the stinkhole." Yeah, he, he still just doesn't figure it out. I don't. It's not that he hasn't figured it out. It's that he. It's beneath him. He doesn't. Yeah, like he doesn't make that connection. Like he didn't send Kaladin off to be a slave. He did what had to be done because he's the he hero. Was merciful. Right. Would you, would you guys like to hear some anagrams for Meridus Amaram? <laughs> okay. Yes. 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 Uh, we have a mama admirers. Okay. Armada same rim. Madam arrays mister. Drama ears maim. What? <laughs> uh, I, would, man, I would prefer dra- drama maim's ear. Area mama rids. Miasma dare arm. Oh, he is miasma. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Okay, so what are we calling him from now on? Is it miasma or is it drama ears? Anagram. Uh, drama drama ears. ears. Drama, drama ears, ears is the winner there. Drama asthma. So anyway, let's let's continue on. Um, Mama's he, aired ram. So he he insults her in an incredibly stupid way. Yasna does, of course, bite back in a way that Shalon likes, which you know, maybe Yasna was She's not. Just like, that was awesome. <laughs> Shalon, don't do that. Don't be like that. And she's doing a an excited little clap, too. Yep, she is legit. Um, And you have in your parentheses, I know you didn't read this, but uh, gestation period is seven months. But keep in mind, each month is 50 days long, I believe. Yeah, that's why it says gestation period for Rosharians is seven months. But how many metric months is that? Sure. Is it nine? <laughs> it's it, they have a I think they have an equivalent. All so right, so like it's fifty days, days times seven. You is said the days were short. So days were days are shorter. like twenty hours long or something. Someone can correct me. Uh, right. I'm gonna have to look this up. Calculator. Someone contact right, so for reals, uh, not in on Earth, nine months times thirty days times twenty four. It's sixty four eighty hours, and you say okay. uh, seven months times fifty days times twenty hours is seven thousand. It's pretty close. It's off by like five hundred hours, or like uh, here uh, we go. Um, um, two weeks. <laughs> Rosharian year is five hundred days long. They're shorter than usual. Usual at twenty Rosharian hours per day. Rosharian hours, so the hours are also not necessarily the same. Okay. By the way, I'm reading from Coppermine, just shouting out the source. Consequently, a Rosharian year is only 10% longer than Cosmere Standard, and Cosmere Standard is essentially Earth. So add 10% to 7 months, and there you go. 7.7 months. Yes, perfect math. We did it, guys. They're also not, like, humans necessarily as earth humans are humans so like yeah it could just also be a different gestation period there it's close enough that like seven months you're gonna make me have to do the math aren't you i just did the math it's 500 hours longer so renarin so finds math, the huh? sd cards yeah that's that's <laughs> important too it's a, he what's does find the sd, SD card? cards <laughs> he, he's like something's weird happening and then he opens up um a drawer and there's a, a gemstone and then Hey, look, there's it's our backups. Our video games are here. Our save states. There they are. And someone, I don't remember if it was Yasna or Navani. Like, as soon as the first one comes out, they're like, oh, that's that's not going to hold Stormlight for crap. That's going to vibrate all over the place. And then 
they realize, oh, that's what it's supposed to do. Neat. See to because it because it'll it, when it vibrates it'll make sound and it can be yep. translated and that's that's it's the library they found the library. Well, all you need is like ones and zeros, right? All right, interlude six, chapter fifty-four. An ancient singer's name. Vertical bridge cruise. Moash be like, take me to your leader. So they take him to Lady Leshwi. Moash fights for vengeance. Singers fight for scene missing. Moash decides to play with sticks instead of defend Alethi City. Uh, Tron so yeah, fights for the user. And for the fish. So Moash is named. Uh, Moash's name is actually an old singer name. That's pretty w- interesting. There. Uh, vertical bridge crews, like how bridges go horizontal, ladders go vertical. But it's basically the same idea, except these guys get to have boots. Ladders um, are basically bridges that go up, right? Like when you think about it. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Moash is like, oh, I'm sick of you guys mistreating the other guys. Where's Where's the captain? So they take oh, him to the. So this is actually sort of funny. He. He can basically do whatever he wants in camp because most of the singers are sort of afraid of him. Um, yeah, there is also the part where they're kind of like reserving vengeance on him for Leshwi. Like they're they're not get, like he killed Leshwi, so they're not gonna kill him because they want to give the privilege to Leshwi, who is one of the uh, returned or the pers- whatever the Parshendi version of returned are. The, yeah, the used fused. But what of Leshwi's avatar that Moash actually killed? No one cares about her. No, because they mean, they, just... they should. She can she can uh, bend all four elements. <laughs> right? Yeah. She just takes over another body. It's no big deal. All while being a uh, giant blue cat person. It's like uh, Grand Theft Auto, where like you just steal a car and you wreck it. And you, all right. Who cares? Move on. Steal the next car. Yep, that's how it is. Or it's like Little Nemo the Dream Master where you're like, oh, I'm going to ride this frog around. Oops, got the frog killed. That's all right. There's a lizard around the corner. Or you just walk off street and come back and the frog's back. Although, anyway. to be fair, never mind. I'm going to get into that. Uh, Yeah, vertical bridge cruise. So Moash is, uh, ha- well, he has a reputation and also... Everybody knows that, like, vengeance on Moash is reserved for Leshwi. So he's hanging out in the sky with Leshwi, and she has got, like, really long hair. Like, they're up in the sky, like, 50 miles, and I think her hair, like, almost touches the ground. And then she tells him, like, ah, you're the guy that killed me. And he's like, I killed you? And she's like, yeah, I'm a fused, bro. And then she's like, why do you fight? You have an old listener name, an old singer name. And Moash says... Ah, for vengeance. And then Leshwi's like, I'll tell you what the singers fight for. And then the scene ends. And we don't get to find out. Although I guess it's kind of implied by the following scene. But I wasn't paying attention or I forgot. And Moash also, you know, in his reflections, mentions to the reader that uh, he had the option of leaving the uh, Parshendi singer scarecrew and been like, ah, they said I could be free to go and defend and fight with the Alethi, but he doesn't. So, like, on the back of the book, uh, I think it mentions this traitor. Maybe the traitor is Moash. But maybe it's also Relaine. I don't know. I have to go back and read the back. 
All right, what did I miss, Craig? Nothing. He has All passion. Right. She she mentions that he has passion. Yeah, like odium. What? Oops. Spoilers. Better keep reading. Chapter yeah. 55. Alone together. Relaine chapter. Relaine is scared of Fuse. What about Renarin? Drehi is extra manly. Relaine can tell Kaladin how it feels. Can try to tell Kaladin how it feels. Uh, yeah, this, this chapter was, uh, pretty real. Yeah, I, I, I like the chapter, because it's, it's not a light chapter for, like, it's, it's like, there, there's some heaviness there that, unfortunately, Relaine has to experience, and Bridgeford tries, but they don't understand, and it's not great. Yeah, and at the end, it's like, Kaladin's like, well, help me understand, and Relaine's like, I don't know if you can understand, but I can try to explain what i'm going through here uh so part of it is just that he's kind of the last of his people because all of the other um i think we can call him a, a listener is a subset of singer is that yeah he, he's the okay. last of the listeners who are the parchendi that we were fighting in the first two books yeah because everybody else abandoned their ways to follow the old gods right yeah other way around the, the singers yeah yeah the, 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 the listeners, listeners abandoned, abandoned the gods. The listeners abandoned the singers and the gods to like break away and be their own little cult thing. Oh, so yeah. listener is not a subset of singer. They're just both different subsets of Parshendi? No. The listeners are a subset of singers that left the main okay. group. So they're more yeah. like a like a splinter group of singers. Yes. What's yes. the actual like creature race name then? Singers. S- singers. Singers. Okay. Or well, they call them Parshmen in Alethi, but that's just because that's what all the the slaves were called. They call them Parshendi. They, Not Parsh- the, the listeners are Parshendi. That's the Alethi term for the listeners, who are different than the Parshmen that they had running around. Um, I thought the Parshen. I thought the Parshmen were just Parshendi that had lost their forms. They're singers that lost their identity and connection. Uh... What? Okay, the race is singers. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Are you the telling race me there's like Cosmere stuff involved with this book? They only, mentioned only a little, a little bit. Just what, a okay. tiny, just a smidge. I don't want to be overwhelmed here. If you look back at the chapter with Kaladin hanging out with the uh, the singer group that cap that quote unquote captured him, they mentioned that they no, lost. They their harbored identity. him. Remember, that's the official story that the singers say. They mentioned they lost their identity. That is in there. The capital I. I don't think I was capitalized. Otherwise, I would have made a note of it. It might have been at the beginning of a sentence, and you didn't realize it. Oh, it's so tricky. It's like crossword puzzles. But yes, it is capital I identity. It's like uh, it could be like uh, lost on television, but like the first word is lost, so you don't know it's referring to the title of the TV show Lost. You think it's just the word lost? Ah, man, what a sneaky guy. I wonder if Brandon does crossword puzzles. So Relaine is, uh, I think, the only one left in Bridge Four who has not uh, drawn in Stormlight. Uh, I think there's a couple others. Like, well, of the original yet, Bridge right? Four, like the OG Bridge Four, I think uh, Scar was the last one to do it, right? Dabid. Dabid. Yeah, I don't think Dabid has drawn. Okay. Oh, he's because he's okay. So it's basically those two. It's like, oh, we have the, we have the the Parshendi, and we have the crazy guy. They're like, ah, we can't trust them with Stormlight. 
but they did trust him with a spear. So, like, I mean, like he said, they're trying, but they just, they can't really understand what it's like to be the last of their kind. They can't understand what it's like to experience the prejudice, like when Relaine is going through Erythru and the markets and places and things. Yeah, and, and the fact is they're equivalenting, equivalent, they're, they're considering him the equivalent of the singers, and he's not, the listeners, they splintered off, they they rejected the old god. Splinter? Are you telling me there's Cosmere stuff in this no, book? No, lowercase <laughs> s. Lowercase s. Uh, um, but yeah, so... But but also, the Alethi were at war with the with the listeners for... They were, yeah. Better I part of a decade. Know, right, so like, now they're at war with the singers, and they're like, like what do you think? What were they thinking? Know. So the listeners were like, oh, they're trying to summon the old gods. We don't want them to summon the old gods, so let's murder their king so that they go to war with us so that we're forced to summon our old gods. Like, what was, uh, what no. was the plan here? No, 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 no. There, you, have there it, wasn't, you have it a little wrong. There wasn't a plan, Dave. Oh. There were... There was a plan. That's, what, all right, that's the part I missed. There, there were things done in desperation that led to worse things. Yes. I think they realized there would be repercussions, but they were hoping it would just be they the party would be killed, not that there would be full war against all of the listeners. Yeah, Secondly, the, the listeners weren't trying to summon their old gods. They were trying to find forms of power, like just just the forms so okay. that they would have a fighting chance. And the form that they found ended up being the evil one, so that uh, it kind of corrupted them. Yeah. So, like, if they knew enough about how Gavilar was going to summon the old gods... I don't know. Oh, maybe like there was maybe Odium like obscured some of the information. Honestly, you know, Dave, maybe he pulled a, he pulled a ruin. You know, honestly, he, Dave, there, there was no winning situation for the listeners. There was nothing. Like if they leave Gavilar alive, he does whatever the heck he does, and he brings the old gods back. They decided to do something about it on the hope that that would at least be a regular war and not bring the old gods back. But yes, we, we see what happens. They also, hold on to the Parchendi. They also left their leaders there to be executed. Yep. Like intentionally as, as like a, all right, we killed your king. You can kill our leaders. Fair's fair. That but should the be the Alethi end of it, right? are warmongers and this is what happens. No, they're not warmongers they just needed something to unite the princedoms it was noble they don't sell war craig they buy war they're war buyers uh, they're man. war bringers but they're not war, war breakers. breakers they are not wait war bring workers anyway let's let's keep let's move they on are, or... they are the top demographic of war consumers so what did you want to say about renarin Oh, you know, they're like, what about Renarin? He's different. Yeah, he's different. He wants to be a scribe, and Kaladin's like, times are changing. Well, so they're worried because he's studying feminine type activities, and Kaladin's like, so what? And at least there's one example of a woman who's coming, you know, to fight. And Jerry, we have found out he's engaged to another guy. Yeah, we found that out before. I bet he still hasn't filled out the proper paperwork yet. <laughs> but he's not in his ear. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, Kaladin sees Relaine just sort of, you know, off on his own, separate. And Kaladin doesn't like when his men are separate. So he goes to have a little chat with them. Find out what's really going on. You said it. 
Chapter 75. Chapter 75-6. At the right, Mike is going. We are totally going to get to those four <laughs> new books. I can't wait to listen to the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, you guys. I'm going to have the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, Deep Dive podcast. You get to listen to all the spoiler sections. Oh, no. Yep, up until a uh, Sulfrana book comes out. All right. We, we talk about when you have to stop listening, I think. Yeah, we, we put specific warnings in. Batman 56, always with you. How do you know so much about Adelnauseum? Hoyd, perhaps? This is someone writing to Hoyd. Uh, Craig? How does Craig know so much about Adelnauseum? Because they went to school them. together. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, all right. That makes sense. All right, go on. All right, I'm going on. Um, are any of Dalinar's visions from the future? Gox is hesitant. The vision continues, and Dalinar meets God. But wait, that's not the good one. So Dalinar has a vision. It's not during a high storm, or the high storm is in Azir, and he can no, still do it. The high storm is in Azir. Yeah, yes. or something like that. So he's in a vision with Gox. Hasn't seen Lyft yet. I wonder if she's around. Uh, Yasna runs off all giddy, like, yay, I get to learn more history. I'm pretty sure and Gox actually says that Lyft is not around at this one this one what, what gox says is that lyft doesn't trust dalinar i don't yeah. think he mentions whether or not she's present and hey, then re real quick was anyone else expecting dalinar to like respond to that in any way because i was and no. it just didn't happen gox is no, like no i i don't think he should respond i think i think he did the mature thing and be like yeah okay that's just ignore it it's a sensible <laughs> thing so so gox Dude. is like Lyft doesn't trust you. And Dalinar's like, hmm. No. Dalinar could be like, that's because she was looking at my butt. Young Dalinar would be upset. This cool paladin Dalinar is like, yeah, he lets it roll. Paladin yeah, I, I picture him just nodding and being like, yeah, that's valid. Yep. <laughs> so uh, so he, this was the vision of the recreants, by the way, where... The Knights Radiant all put down their shard blades, and then all the people went and murdered each other to get shard blades. And then there's like there's like a deleted scene or like an Easter egg at the end of this vision, and Talonor's like, "Oh, I thought it ended here." And then he meets God, and then he's like, "You're the Almighty." And then God's like, "Not that God. It was Odium." Dalinar meets Odium, old man Odium, Odium what? here. Chapter 56, you guys. What will happen? Is that all you want to talk about with this one? Yeah, that's it for chapter 56, If you, unless you have something to add. Yeah. I like how Odium is all casual, like, no, I'm the other one. Like, he literally says, I'm the other one. Cultivation? <laughs> Although, actually, I think Dalinar doesn't know about cultivation, but yeah, until... The next chapter. Speaking I of, think, the I next think he chapter, actually knows about cultivation. Do the uh, eh, we'll get to, we'll get to that in the next chapter. All right, Mike, okay. what's the next chapter? Chapter eighty three. All right, chapter eighty three minus twenty six. Passion. Oh blood diem. Oh blood diem. Life goes on. Prar. La la la. Life on Roshar. <laughs> Perfect. Maybe Odium is not so bad a dude after all. 
Oh, uh, Cultivation is Night Watcher, or maybe Night Watcher is like a part of Cultivation, as Stormfather is a part of Honor. Okay. Uh, Odium is creepy. Hey, Lyft was here all along, and that's the end of this week's part. So yeah, Odium, you know, is just a shard doing doing the shard stuff. You know, like you get, you just gotta like when you're a shard, you just gotta be the shard. I don't know. Kind of like you know, ruin ruins not. Everyone's not a bad guy. Just, just doing shard things. You just gotta do shardy stuff sometimes. You just gotta yeah. shard yourself in the shard plate sometimes. He's like, look, he's gonna, he's gonna splinter some shards. It's just what he does. Yeah, he's, he's like, you, just, just release me. I mean, I'm only gonna make a few changes to the entire planet and your way of life, and then <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill it's cultivation. Gonna let's not, let's not mince words here. Come on, guys. He's not ruin. Like, you know, he's not here to ruin yeah. everything. Well, it's like, he's not, you know, they they say that he's like the shard of hatred, and well, he is, but he, in a more general sense, he's the shard of passion, right? Well, that's a- what he According says. to him, yes. Well, he's not the shard of subterfuge. Sure, yeah, let's go and with that. That's funny, because Downer does say, Downer says, I can learn more from the lies of Odium than from many truths, or something like that. So Dalinar doesn't take what Odium is saying at face value, but I don't know. He's been a shard for a pretty long time, don't don't you think? Yes, he definitely has been a shard for a yeah. long time. So, you know, it's like, man, it's like Adonalsium's odiosity leaking out. Although, is Odium the name of the shard, or is it just the name that the other people it's, gave him? It's the name of the shard. Yeah, Odium is the name okay. of the shard. Raze is the holder of the shard. So technically, mm-hmm. you meant Raze. So, you were, but he kind of like, he doesn't like the name Odium. He's like, well, yeah, you would call me Odium, but I'm more like just passion, dude. He, he likes to refer to himself as passion. It's the shard and intent yeah. of passion. He has but a he's passion not just for about hatred. Design. He's also about like romantic passion and like the thrill of art. Honestly, like the whole thrill thing, it seems more, way more of odium than it does of honor. Hmm. It turns out Talonar was odium's son all along. Or wait, me? Whoa! Wait, suddenly we're gonna get a Dave theory in the middle of this. All right. So you know how like Sazed kind of reunited. I reunited. <laughs> when you reunited. I, I just I channeled Craig for a second. Sazed <laughs> reunited the shards of ruin and preservation. What if Dalinar could reunite the shards of odium and honor? That would be a very bad combination. What do What do you think? Oh, yeah, that it would, would be make... very bad for all of these qualities to exist at once, which is maybe is why they murdered Adelnauseum in the first place. Odium is divine hatred without any context. And honor is all about honor and oaths. So what happens if you hold both? According to Odium, so remember, this is Odium's word, so maybe he's he's being painted as the bad guy. Maybe we shouldn't trust everything he says. But if you look at Nail and the Skybreakers, that's kind of like honor to the extreme. Yes. Yeah, that's that's how how I'm picturing it. it. Right, that's honor to the extreme. So you need odium to balance out honor. So instead of that's... lawful neutral, you get lawful evil. Okay, so uh, huh. it's like well, a skybreaker. Right, so what if odium Robo-Cop. actually had more influence on Nail than he wants us to believe? What if that? So oh, this is actually kind of oh, and odium is passion, which is kind of representative of chaos, even. So it's almost like honor is lawful. 
Odium is chaotic and uh, Cultivation is neutral. Although Cultivation might be more chaotic than neutral. I would, Maybe if, if I had Odium's to give alignments to the shards, I would say uh, Cultivation's chaotic, neutral, or chaotic, chaotic good. Chaotic neutral is, or, sounds pretty good. But so if, you, I if wonder... you look at the blessings and the, the boons and curses that were given to people, it's totally in chaos. Yeah, territory. she's chaotic. So now I wonder if there's like so maybe there's a lawful good in honor, a chaotic evil in odium, maybe like a lawful good See, the in problem is Maybe there's a missing fourth shard from Roshar. I would place odium at either neutral evil or lawful evil, actually. He neutral he evil. still follows the... So the I problem is know. the oath pack is what's keeping him there, and he doesn't break that. Like, like he follows yeah. rules that were set down. Which places him closer to lawful, but I don't get a strong impression of lawful. I would probably say he's neutral evil, honestly. Chaotic good cultivation, neutral evil, odium, lawful neutral honor. What if the missing fourth shard is that Sutterfuge shard you mentioned earlier, and that's why we haven't noticed it yet? Oh. Centrifuge? There's only three shards here, though. Stickterfuge? Are there only three? The stick. The stick. The stick. Anyway, let's go back to talking about Odium. Yeah, is the stick a shard? Yes. According Absolutely to a million yes. percent con- confirmed yes. Well, why the else stick would is the stick shard. not want to be fired? Dude, that actually that, makes perfect no, sense. No, that's, that's so, why it was so insistent that it was a stick. It's like, no, you didn't notice me. I'm just a stick. I'm just sitting here. What? No. Actually, like a normal stick would want to become fire, but a stick that was like the shard stick would stick to his story. So you're like, oh, I'm a shard. This is my thing. Like I'm, I'm ruined. I have to be ruined. I'm preservation. I'm, I'm stick. I can't be fire. I'm stick. And this is where I leave the podcast. Bye, everyone. Uh, uh, so we'll go on the spoilers with guest star Dave and no Craig. Oh, you didn't mention the bit where Odium Infinities Dalinar. Oh yeah, yeah. he turns into like giant evil looking fire. He's just like, hey Dalinar. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show your brain infinity. Have fun. Well, first, Dalinar is like, I'm not scared of you. He's just some old dude. <laughs> and then Odium's like, like, you want to well, be scared you, of me? You are a speck. You are a speck in an infinite cosmos. So there. Osmir. And then Dalinar's bean is totally freaked. <laughs> and then Lyft shows up, and she's like, "Whoa, I thought you were creepy, but that guy's super creepy. Let's be friends. I'll tell Gox to team up with you." And that's the end of part two. He saw a real void bringer. So there is a little bit. Oh, there is the mention of cultivation here, and Dalinar doesn't like know about cultivation. He's like, "I don't know cultivation. I've never met any cultivation." And Odin's like, "Oh, you have, but she erased your memory of meeting her." Sounds pretty old magic night watchery, if you ask me. Yeah, Odium spoils Dalinar about cultivation. <laughs> he spoiled it before I could spoil Dave. Oh, no, you could have spoiled it earlier, but I didn't because Odium beat. All right, let's talk about epigraphs. Uh, yes, I like Mike, my let's... epigraphs in milk, but then you have to eat them faster so they stay crunchy. So we had three epic, three different letters in this portion, right? Yes. Uh, so, if you'll remember the epigraphs from uh, books one and two, they're all letters, at least at least the ones I'm talking about. They're all letters. 
uh, one letter, the one from the first one, is Hoyd writing to Frost, right? That's from Way of Kings. Yes. Uh, and then in um, Words of Radiance, yes, that's the name of the book. In Words of Radiance, it's a response from not Frost. Who who wrote that one? Craig, help me out here. They said. Oh, so close, man. Said said. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Wave Kings is Hoyt to Frost. Okay, cool. Uh, Words of Radiance is Frost to Hoyt. Oh, it was Frost for returning it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yes. What do you think the this this these ones are? Guard to Hoyt. Uh, yes. Yes. Sort of is correct. There's one. Sort of. There's one sort of exception of that. Shards to Hoyd. Uh, so the first. So this. These epigraphs are three responses to Hoyd, presumably. Yeah, they did seem letter. to be like separate. That's like hey guys, because there did seem to be like separate addresses. Uh, you know, at different points. Um, I I'm gonna pull up the text of the first letter, and then you can tell us who you think it is. Theorist Sephandrius, I received your communication, of course. I noticed its arrival immediately, just as I noticed your many intrusions into my land. You think yourself so clever, but my eyes are not those of some petty noble to be clouded by a false nose and some dirt on your cheeks. You mustn't worry yourself about race. It is a pity about Iona and Skye, but they were foolish, violating our pact from the very beginning. Your skills are admirable, but you are merely a man. You had your chance to be more and refused it. No good can come of two shards settling in one location. It was agreed that we would not interfere with one another, and it disappoints me that so few of the shards have kept to this original agreement. As for Olida, it was obvious from the outset that she was going to be a problem. Good riddance. Regardless, this is not your concern. You turn your back on divinity. If race becomes an issue, he will be dealt with, and so will you. So who wrote that letter, Dave? Some of the first parts of it sound Cezedi, and he talks about, like, oh, nobles, which is kind of a theme on Roshar. Or, or theme on schedule, but a lot of this letter sounds to be someone who is like written from the original shard bearers, w- yeah. which says it is not. So right. I would guess not says it. Uh, maybe Edgley. Ding ding ding. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. He definitely spent some time on uh, that planet. <laughs> it, it's uh, Nalthus, right? Yeah, Nalthus. So your clues here your are. Your your clues here are it's a shard by itself, it's an original shard bearer, and yeah, we've, we've only been on one planet where that's the case so far. Yeah, that was kind of like the thing I honed in on. I was like, well, you know, Edgley was by herself, so it's probably that. And she's like, wait, other shards are like, like Cell and Scadrial and Roshar are all like multi-shard planets? It's true. So many have not kept that. So anyway, that's... That's the first letter to Hoyt. Letter um, number two, Craig. Do you want me to actually read it? Because I think yeah. Dave knows this one. I yeah, do no, want go you to read, read it. it. I'm not paying attention. Sephandrius, okay. bearer of the first gem. You must know better than to approach us by relying upon presumption of past relationship. You have spoken to one who cannot respond. We instead will take your communication to us, though we know not how you located us upon this world. We are indeed intrigued, for we thought it well hidden insignificant among our many realms as the waves of the sea must continue to surge so must our will continue resolute alone did you expect anything else from us we need not suffer the interference of another raise is contained and we care not for his prison indeed we admire his initiative 
Perhaps if you had approached the correct one of us with your plea, it would have found favorable audience. But we stand in the sea, pleased with our domains. Leave us alone. We also instruct that you should not return to Oberdai. We have claimed that world, and a new avatar of our being is beginning to manifest there. She is young yet, and as a precaution, she has been instilled with an intense and overpowering dislike of you. This is all we will say at this time. If you wish more, seek these waters in person and overcome the tests we have created. Only in this, you will earn our respect. Oh, it's easy. It's the shard of Obradai. Obradai. Uh, there's a lot of not. mention of waters, so maybe the first of the sun shard. Um, you got it. Except this is this is the special case. There's not actually a shard at first of the sun. There's an avatar at first of the okay. sun. Okay. Oh yeah, that's the one they're training. But wait, wait, this is written from not the one they're training. Uh, whatever. Uh, it's well, it's technically. Pachi. Yeah, technically, this one is written to Paji. So it is the island of First of the Sun that is responding. And if you'll remember from Six of the Dusk, the island of Paji is a huge death trap. Now you know who it's a death trap for. <laughs> Wait, did they seriously just set up this whole island for Hoyd? Yes. Specifically just to kill Hoyd? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So this is Autonomy. One of the avatars of autonomy, I should say. There's and there's clues here because you there's alone, like it, there's an emphasis on uh, them being alone, uh, to being left alone, that sort of thing. They want to just be autonomous. What's interesting is that they keep referring to the collective, like in uh, in in plural pronouns, yeah. but that that could just be because they're talking about you know the the uh the like the shards as a group and their thoughts you know with all the plural pronouns i almost wanted to say maybe harmony but then i was like well a lot of it doesn't line up with harmony but yeah i think the focus on all of the nautical and sea stuff was like eh, it's probably probably first of the sun yeah yep all right. and it's like hey if if you'd like to talk more come check out my cool island trials <laughs> Yeah, it's like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's exactly like Breath of the Wild, uh-huh. Anyway, third letter? Third letter. All right, here's the letter. Friend, your letter is most intriguing, even relevatory. I would have thought before attaining my current... I would have thought before attaining <laughs> my current station that a deity could not be surprised. Obviously, that is not Definitely. true. Stop, it's freaking Sazed. I could be surprised. <laughs> I could perhaps even be naive, I think. I am the least equipped of all to aid you in this endeavor. I am finding that the powers I hold are in such conflict that the most simple of actions can be difficult. Okay, I am also powers in conflict. I wonder if it. Uh, hmm. Is I it am say also said? made uncertain of, <laughs> by your subterfuge. Why would you not make yourself know to me before this? Relevation. How is it you can hide? Who are you truly, and how do you know so much about Adonalsium? If you would speak to me further, I request open honesty. Return to my lands, approach my servants, and I will see what I could do for your quest. I am, unfortunately, the hero of ages. Hang on, wait. Alright, so this is seems like somebody who recently became a god, you know, compared to the other shards. It's somewhere where Hoid has been before, and it's uh, also a shard that has servants that can that Hoid can talk to. Yeah, like some Contra that uh, we can talk It's to. Odium. It's Odium. <laughs> ding, ding. We figured it out. Yep. Oh, Hoyt wrote a letter to Odium complaining about Odium. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's like when you compose the email hoid. and you accidentally sent, like reply all instead of just replying to your buddy. So did you seriously not figure out it was Sazed until I just read it in this fashion? I will uh, I will qualify my ignorance by saying it's harder to pick up on the notes when you're very small snippets at the heads of the tr- the book that you're actually trying to read. If, when you put it all together in, you know... Yeah. In one verse, and it's like, okay, it's really obvious. I will say, Sazed's writing pattern is very obvious. He likes he. There's a lot of commas. He likes to go on side a lot bars. of interjections with I think and yes. and things like that. That is the way it, it's it's in Hero of Ages when you read that book. It's in this letter. So whenever you see something like that, that should be a huge red flag that this is Sazed talking. Of course, like you pointed out, there's the fact that there's powers, plural. Uh, they're in Multiple powers in opposition, yep. Yep. So, like, again, seems to be someone who recently ascended to godhood, com- comparatively speaking. Yeah. Good job, Dave. Just I had to read them out loud all in one go. Oh. And that's That was it. I find yeah, it I had interesting no idea as I was reading them because I didn't actually go back and read like the compilation letters. I find it interesting that Edgley's like, "You idiot, stop trying to disguise yourself. I know it's you." And says it's <laughs> like, "Sir, sir, who are you, sir?" <laughs> but he says it hasn't known him as long. To be fair, and says it's also a nicer guy than Edgley apparently, and hasn't figured out how to spot Hoyd. I mean, that just comes with experience. I he doesn't think. even change his name on schedule. <laughs> uh, Hoyd? Who's this Hoyd guy? And then we do Cosmere 101 and we teach teach Sazed about who Hoyd is. He needs to listen to our podcast, clearly. I almost wanted the one the one that's like, oh, we, we trained so-and-so to hate you. I almost wanted that to be referring to Yasna, but... Uh... No, it's whatever Avatar oh. got... Placed on Oberdai, which is a place we haven't seen yet and know nothing about. Except I guess what's Yasna in this figured it out on her own. She's pretty smart. Yeah, Yasna hates Hoyd. That's definitely a thing. Uh, are you shipping them? Anyway, anything else happen in part two? We get to meet ODM. We get to see Infinite ODM and Lift is like. Two. Congrats! Yeah, we're almost there. We're two parts of the way through. Uh, I think that's all I had for non-spoilery stuff. I don't think I have anything for spoiler stuff either. Oh, Mike. Craig. Oh, Mike. Yeah, of course you do. All right, then let's get rid of Dave. Goodbye. Bye, Dave. Internet. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, Craig. You remember, I told you I actually have bullet points. You wanted this. This is what you wanted. It is happening. Yay! Yeah, this right. this one's mostly on Tori, so you can blame her if it's bad. Okay, I don't have an easy way to navigate through what I've highlighted, so I'll try to be quick. Um, but we're going way back to chapter 51, and I'm just going to read you the things I have highlighted, because they're important. Um, so, uh, chapter 51, this is Shalon talking to Alucar, and she reveals herself to be uh, a light weaver and uh let me see yeah so she just sort of changes her face to adeline right in front of him and then he just remarks he elokar jumps and then he's like ah ah that's right 
which is an interesting reaction to have instead of being like, holy crap, you're Adolin. Instead, he's like, ah, yes, that's right. Because he's talking to a cryptic. That is what he's been doing. That's the clue. Yep. Too bad he never got to join and become one of Shallan's trainees. Yeah. Ah, oh, sorry. I'm trying to navigate too. It's. it's I, it... I don't think Shallan would do as good a job in King Lessons as Tindwell did, but he needs somebody. He does need somebody. Freaking Moash. Anyway, moving on. Uh, chapter fifty-two. Um, this is Dalinar uh, talking to Evie about Renarin's name, and he's like, he he's trying to understand what the name means, and he's like, ugh. So the name, the child's name was like one who was born unto himself, which Dalinar groans at. But if we think about who Renarin is, it seems oddly very appropriate. I don't know. Could be reading too much into that. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have a strong feeling on this one. All right. Moving on. Chapter 53. Um, So this is uh, the conversation. This is the Yasna perspective chapter, but she's listening in on some of the other span read and conversations that are happening. Um, She's reading lips around the room. She's reading lips. Thank you. Um, And one of them was from the Stormwaterns. Sorry, Storm Wardens, and they say he shows interest in numerology and asked me if we can truly predict events with it. I will speak with him again. Um, the important part to know about here is Renarin asking if they can predict the future because we already know that Renarin and, and Dave should have picked up on a little bit on this because um, it was revealed that Renarin put the numbers back in in uh, Words of Radiance. He was the one who was doing the numbers, the countdown to the Everstorm. So we already know that Renarin up the has walls, a... scratching numbers into them. Come on, man. Yeah. So um, just the fact that he wants to predict the future, which, of course, the the Vorans are like, ah, so you are odium. But um, yeah, he's he's interested in that. And that that is interesting to me. All right. Continuing on chapter 53. Um, This was now this is actually the conversation. This is Yoki writing this. Um, he's doing a recap and he's, he's mentioning Harold's alive, trying to kill people. And here I thought my news about a sighting of Axes the Collector was interesting. And and we know Axes the Collector. We've uh, seen some interludes with him and he's also an edge. That's right. That's him an edge dancer, right? Or is that a different one? No, that's the that's a sleepless. That's a, a hey, dicey. Axes the Collector's a sleepless, isn't he? No, he's a uh, the other I am Ian. He's a blue guy. He's not a bunch He's of bugs. Blue guy, but we have seen him. He he is definitely in an interlude. Like I'm not I'm not crazy. Right? He's in two actually. He's in his own where he's where he sees the uh, the weird fountain spread in the ocean. Yeah, after and getting then he was and in. Naked. Yeah, he was in one of reasons. Yeah, he was he was chained up in one of the Great Chill island thing places isn't he like trying to see every single sprint or something like that yeah, yeah. he's he's Bagger the infinitely prolonged yeah yeah okay him anyway i just thought that was cool that there was a reference uh so next i think i know what this one's gonna be i don't know uh let me find out i'm scrolling so this is chapter 54 oh this is just this is uh moash talking to leshwi uh so he they're they're having a conversation and she mentions how he, she was killed and reborn and 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 Leshwi's like, this is a new body offered to me in sacrifice to bond and make my own as I have none. And Moash is like, you're some kind of spren, which is like, yes, because she's a cognitive shadow. Like, that's 
very similar to what sprint are. Okay, sprint aren't exactly cognitive shadows, um, but there are a lot of similarities there. And calling her a sprint is closer to saying anything else. The 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 fused are actually explicitly referred to as the spren of dead. They are yeah singers, but in our. From our knowledge, they are cognitive shadows. Like, that's just what they are. Don't call them. And this isn't uh, what I thought you were going to do, because uh, apparently I'm a chapter behind. Oh, okay, so I didn't get to it yet. Yeah. All right, m- moving on. Chapter 55, Relaine's chapter. Yep, this is the one. Yeah, because we're going to point out every single reference when Relaine is talking or thinking about Renarin, or vice versa. In this case, um, this is just a quote when he's sitting around thinking about things. Uh, and in this case, the quote is, Relaine sipped his drink and wished Renarin was here. The quiet, light-eyed man, uh, there, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, well, I will say, the quiet, light-eyed man usually made a point of Smith Relaine. So he's missing Renarin. It's still, it's, it's just a friendship, but th- there's little hints and pieces I'm picking up here, I think. Yeah. we know the ultimate outcome. It's very subtle. but It is. But there, there are very, very, very small pieces. Yeah. All right, I have a bunch more. Um, chapter fifty-six. Uh, so this is the during the um the vision. Uh, this is Navani and Yasna talking about this. So uh, I do actually have a lot of notes about this section because uh, this is actually really what I want to talk about. If there's anything we devote time to, the spoiler section, it's them talking about the recreant because I feel like we learned a lot about here about it here. Um, so Navani's asking who they're fighting. Like, who are the Knights Radiant at this time? This is, like, right before they gave up their swords. Who are they f- They're fighting? This is well after the Voidbringers left. And then Yasna pointed out it could be the False Desolation. And I think I remember us having a conversation before where you guys weren't sure if the False Desolation was linked directly to the Recreants. Um, maybe no. I'm misremembering. No, I was, I, I was pretty sure it was. Um, yeah. once, once I knew what the False Desolation was, I missed that. Like, okay. For a while. Um, yeah. Oh, Yasna also gives a definite time frame here of like her best approximation being this is about 2000 years in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So in timeline of events, we have the false desolation, which is where Bay Edo Mishram connected to a lot of the singers and were giving them forms of power. Um, the end result of that was the bondsmith at the time, who I can't remember the name of, begins with an M did something to capture Bay Edo Mishram into a perfect gem, which did something, at least we know to the singers, which d- destroyed their connection and identity, turning them into the parchment that we meet later on. And then right after it, like almost immediately, because it's in the same vision, right after the fight, the Night Radiance give up their their spread. Except the, sh- the Skybreakers. Except the Skybreakers, which is a very interesting point. Why were they? And actually, I do have a theory as to why the Skybreakers aren't involved. Um, I believe it's because the Skybreakers did not take part in the fight against the uh, in the false desolation. I don't think the Skybreakers were a part of it, probably because they didn't feel like any laws were broken. And that, in fact, the singers were fighting for their land. So they sort of had a reason to do so. That is my pet theory i mean that's nails reasoning for joining with the the singers current yeah. day yeah which so we'll I, get I be- to in part four i think i think part four covers that it's yeah it's after 
Seth does his training montage and then and then Nail points it out. I, it might be part five. Could be part five, or it could be right at the end of part four. I don't remember exactly, but I know I know it happens, and it's in this book. Yeah. Because so anyway, Zeth, Zeth is in prison for the entirety of the next book. So we, we got a lot of connection, lowercase c connections here, between the false desolation, the capture of Bayo de Mishram, for whatever reason, the Night Radiance willingly working with their Sprin to to drop their weapons and break their bonds, which they didn't know at the time would make the, um, uh, kill them. And or, yeah, that's all this. That's the recreants. Or the Truth Watchers all had visions, of, and they were like, hey, we have to kill our Spren. It's very important for reasons. Just do it. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. Future visions. Woo. Do we know if all Truth Watchers have future visions? We don't know anything, Craig. I know. We know nothing about the Truth Watchers. We know about Renarin. The end. We, ha we had a Truth Watcher in Dawn Shard, but we didn't see any future vision type. We didn't see any Truth Watching. We didn't see Truth. We didn't see Watching. We didn't see we anything. Saw they, she used Regirth, and that's it. Yeah, we know nothing. I, I suspect only Renarin has the ability to future vision. That's just a result of Gliss being... being um, what do they call it? Empowered? I forget what Saj likes to say. Enlightened, thank you. Oh, oh, that was a thing in Yasna's chapter. She's already super suspicious of Renarin's friend. Yeah, oh yeah. She's constantly like, why is it different? Hey, can you draw what the light sprints should be like? No, she, okay. So one of the things she was talking well, to she wanted to draw people about was less. finding out what all of the radiant friend look like. And then she assigned Shalon to get drawings of Renarin's and Kaladin's spren, which was, she included Kaladin just to not be like, yeah. hey, Renarin, Renarin's suspicious. Look at Renarin. He's weird. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think this chapter is very good about giving us the most insight we can get about the recreants at this point, which is unfortunate because I, I feel like it's a very important event which we know so little about yeah the explanation we get at the end of this book isn't good enough i think like, we, I, I think we all agree on that uh whatever they call aratium the the one where the heralds laid down their swords i actually understand that they're tired of being tortured um town was the only one who was killed off so they were able to just not kill themselves which means they're stuck on the planet and therefore not being tortured and just let town hold the oath pack himself like, I understand why they did that. I know how they set it up. It actually worked because town is amazing. So, yeah, like, like we're good. It makes sense. The recreants makes no sense to me. And I'm trying to understand it. And I feel like Bay Edo Mishram is the most important. I, I would hazard to say that Bay Edo Mishram is the most important unmade. There's She played a part in the False Desolation. Her capture clearly broke the singers um, and destroyed their connection identity. I suspect it did something to the connection of the Knights Radiant, which is why they were willing to lay down their swords. But we're, there's so little that we know. But that's my my current theory, uh, just to sum it up, is that Bay Inamishram being captured did mess with the Knight Radiant's bonds, and the Skybreakers were unaffected because they were not part of the battle against the singers the the um controlled singers because well, they didn't feel like it was correct 
we should get some more information on that in book five because the sibling is very insistent that Baedo Mishram be released. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll continue on. Um, so now we're at the part where Odium pops up and he starts doing his conversation. This is chapter 57. Uh, and Odium's talking about recreants and he says, I remember this day, such passion and such loss, terrible for many, but glorious for others. You are wrong about why the radiance fell, Dallin. Um, now, we got to take everything that Odium says with a grain of salt, but I, th I think, yes, Odium lies, or he at least embellishes, but I don't think he flat out is wrong, or is... I don't... Okay, let me correct what I'm saying. I don't think Odium... I don't think Odium flat out lies. I think he just changes the truth slightly. And when he says you're wrong about why the radiance fell down are like, he's not lying here. Dalinar is wrong about the radiance giving up their, their swords. He, he doesn't understand why. And Odium has a lot better idea of what happened here. He Obi-Wan's he different point of views. Yes. Um, continuing on. And this is just a couple paragraphs later. He says, uh, you've been placed in a difficult position, my son. You are the first to bond the Stormfather in his current state. So that tells us that Dalinar is the first bondsmith since Honor was killed. Yep, which is so that, interesting, yep. but not necessarily new information, right? Well, that places Honor's death after or maybe during the Recreants. Not necessarily. Like, there isn't always... There, there isn't always three bondsmiths first, and after Honor died, if the Knights Radiant were still like active and going, then they may not have thought to try to bond the uh, the Stormfather at that point. Uh, I'm pulling up the False Desolation now. Um, where I'm trying to find the name of the bondsmith. That's that's who I need. I think I need to look up Bay Ada Mishram. Hold on one second. Malishi, Malishi. Oh. Malishi was bonded to the sibling. Nuts. So I thought Malishi, Malishi is the bondsmith who captured Bay Eno Mishram. I thought she was, oh, him. Uh, Malishi is a guy. Malishi. Yeah, I'm sorry. I th I thought he was bonded to the Stormfather, but that is not the case. Well, then. I mean, Dalinar is the first to bond with the Stormfather since Honor's death. I, I think we can agree that that's what that means. But I can't place a time frame. I'm still under suspicion that Honor, Honor definitely dies sometime from either Aratium or the Recreants. Like somewhere in that gap of time, I believe. But I mean, I, I, I would guess that Honor is dead before the False Desolation. Otherwise, I don't see that working the way they... The way they, the way it did, like okay. I feel like, in or okay, in order for the false desolation to happen, I feel like honor has to have been dead at that point because yes. because otherwise honor would have like done something about it and like there's no odium to to sort of back them up so honor would be like the big power in play but yeah but this is pure speculation I I don't have anything to back this up with well copper mine saves the day uh according to Wait, I just had the link. Oh, here it is. Uh, according to chapter 113 of Oathbringer, so we're going to get to it, um, Honor died and his shard was splintered shortly after the Recreants. Oh, that early? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And keep in mind, though, that his death, it took a long time because he gave all his visions and everything to the Stormfather. So it's not like it was an instant, instant splintering. It was more of like, 
this is the result of who knows how long of a process. It might have started the moment the heralds laid down their swords during Aratium, and it just took 2,000 plus years before he was finally splintered. But huh. he was I, splintered shortly after the Recreants. That's according to chapter 113. I could see the the Oath Pact being a part of that. I don't know that it would be violent enough to splinter. Like, I feel like Odium would have to be directly involved for splintering to happen. I think I think I believe it's a weakening because it is a weakening of the Oath Pact and oaths in general. Um, which is essentially the gap that Odium needed to, to do damage, so to speak. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I do have a couple more. Sorry, I'm going to be quick. Th- those are the big ones. <laughs> uh, hold on. Kindle does not make it easy to skip. I think I only have one more. I have two more. Um, okay. Odium again. So he's, uh, this is where, where Dalinar's like, just go, just leave. Like, why you got to do this? And Odium's like, oh, you giving me an in here? And he's like, he was just teasing Dalinar. He's like, don't fret. These things must be done properly. I will go if you release me, but only if you do it by intent. Capital I intent. Yeah. So which. Yeah, I'm actually meant to talk about this. Uh, so, yeah, Dalinar a couple of times says stuff that if the rules were a little more lax would have totally released Odium. Yeah. Thankfully, it's not that easy. <laughs> All, all because Dalinar doesn't know the rules. He's going into this ignorant. And, yes. And that's the Stormfather's fault. Because well, Stormfather does know the rules, and he could share them, but he doesn't. Because he doesn't share things. <laughs> oh, you wish you knew this, like, ten years ago. Well, too bad. Yeah, Stormfather doesn't volunteer any information. Stormfather doesn't share food. Shards operate... Shards are intent. Like, that's just what they are. Um, and we've seen, just as a side note, Dawn Shards are commands. So the big things in the Cosmere are commands and intent. Shards are the intent. And they operate under intent. So you have to have the proper intent to be able to do anything against or with a shard. That's probably why it took Vin and Co. so long to have to deal with the ruin. Like, it's not as easy as that you're dead. Like, it's it's an intent thing. You have to have the proper intent. Uh, well, especially with the releasing him, like that was the whole setup. That was the reason Ruin did what he had to do. You had to intend to release the power, which would al- allow Ruin to leave. Like that's the whole concept. And um, same thing here. Odium cannot go unless it's done properly with the proper intent. Um, and also, and this is right after this is my last bullet point. Uh, and he's looking at the people fighting over the shard blades and he's like eyes burned as men swept about themselves with shard blades killing others who had mere moments before been their comrades which to me was sort of interesting because it it made me feel like there was a loss of connection here like there there's something more going on than just people fighting over shard blades there there's a very real lack of of that like that connection is missing the bonds they have with their fellow military men like they just won a war like that just happened the false desolation was dealt with they should be celebrating they have this stockpile of shards which at the time aren't necessarily valuable because there's this whole night radiant ideal organization that should exist like it's it's a really weird situation the problem is dalinar sees this thing from his lens of 2000 years in the future where shards are seen as valuable that nobles are 
hold and you know light eyes are are the people who happen to hold these sharp blades but at the time it's a very different view of what shards are and what the knights radiant are and it is interesting to me that they're just so willingly fighting over them when how would they even know they could pick up these swords they're typically spren like this is weird is this weird this is weird it's kind of weird uh what if the thrills there oh yes that would that would totally explain that yeah yeah, because it says eyes burnt. Well, no, that's just them. It didn't say what color their eyes were. But yeah, a frantic, insane brawl for power. Odium laying down thrill just sitting there. Oh, by the way, Dave's correct. He's like, hey, the thrill's more like Odium than Honor. Like, hmm, how about that? That's not. A, don't give him credit for that. We right. know about the unmade now. He knew he... about the unmade, but he didn't put the fact that the thrill was the unmade. He's had more than enough to put that together. That's, no, he doesn't get credit for that. Okay. Anyway, that's all I had. Those were my bullet points. All right. uh, Quite a list. Yeah. Look, you guys asked for it, but uh, good or bad, do do you want me to continue highlighting passages or should I not do as many? No, this is good. This is is capital C content. Okay. I mean, we did have a couple. This is the end of part two. There's going to be some key chapters where it's like there's a lot here guys that we want to talk about some weeks it's going to be like you for the most part i had one highlight per chapter so yeah if possible try to figure out how to like actually flip between them without having to uh the best you can do, there yeah. is no way according to google there's no way to switch between them i have to pull up my list of highlights and notes and that they're all in the in in the list it's not that bad it's a couple of button presses but there's no way to actually directly flip i just have to do it in advance Anyway, I that is okay. all I had to talk about. Yeah, I, I'm i out. Tori? I also am out. Okay. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.